Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Good morning, Canvas Church. How are you doing today? Come on, you guys are more awake than the first service. You excited to hear from God's word today? Come on. Well, that's why you can get out your Bibles, if you would, and turn with me to a New Testament passage. Uh, we're going to go to Matthew, the very first book of the New Testament. And uh, man, we're going to continue our series entitled Renewed, uh, in which we've been looking at uh, how God wants to renew us in different areas of our lives so that we can lay hold of that for which he has laid hold of us. How many of you guys believe that God has an incredible plan for your life? Come on. If you don't yet, I want you to hear it. God has an incredible plan for your life. And I believe that God has an incredible plan for this community um, called Canvas Church. As we've uh, jumped into the new year, 2019, God laid this passage on my heart. It's Exodus 32.10, and it reads, And the Lord responded, Look, I am making a covenant. I will perform wonders in the presence of all your people. How many of you guys want to see God do wonders? Come on, I want to see God do wonders, and I love that. And so I personalize that, that God wants to do wonders uh, in the presence of Canvas Church. Amen? that I have never been done in all the earth or in any nation, all the people you live among will see the Lord's work. And there's the purpose of what he's doing. Man, he's doing it so that people can see him and see his work. And this is my favorite part. I love this. For what I'm doing with you is awe-inspiring. Come on, isn't that a great word? And so my wife and I have been praying that. God, whatever you do this year, let it be awe-inspiring. What you're doing in our marriage, come on, let it be awe-inspiring. What you're doing in my family, let it be awe-inspiring. What you're doing in this community called Canvas Church, is awe-inspiring. As a matter of fact, if you're just joining us, you might not know this, but uh, Pastor Melissa just mentioned it. Come on, Canvas Church, we have a building. If you're not clapping, I don't know what's going on, man. Uh, this is exciting. I'm excited. Hopefully you're excited. And uh, man, what an incredible opportunity God has blessed us with. What a great season we are in as a church. Um, but it's not just the building for building's sake. We've been talking about this. We believe it's the ministry that's going to take place out of that building, that it's going to free us up and our teams up uh, from doing a lot of manual labor to being able to focus on the mission uh, and, and the vision of Canvas Church more effectively, which is to create atmospheres for people to discover Jesus Christ realize his love and understand the incredible plan that he has for your life and begin to walk in that. And so uh, we believe that's going to happen. But you know what? We still have five weeks left here at this place. And so I know that for some people, I've had an incredible couple come up in the first service um, that their heart is with us, but they live all the way in Imperial Beach. And they're like, Pastor, I know 10 minutes isn't far uh, for most people, but for us, it is far. Um, But I want you to know, Pastor, that we are in this thing and we're still going to be tithing here all the way through May. Come on, somebody. I love those people right? Um, and great, just a great couple, great hearts. And man, I, and I prayed for them and that, that God would direct them to something closer in Imperial Beach. Uh, maybe it's in TJ, who knows? Um, uh, but God would direct them closer to something. And man, what in, and I just let them know, hey, look, man, nothing's ever final. The door's always still open. And so listen, if you live deep south, uh, just know this, man. It's, we've just been looking for a long time and God opened up this incredible door and we just feel like we had to say yes to it. Um, but I know some people that live in deep south are making the drive. Come on, somebody. Um, and, uh, but if you feel, listen to me, and don't let it be about a time thing. I want you to take time, and I want you to pray. And if the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, this is your time to transition into another great church, I want you to be obedient to that, okay? I want you to hear me as your pastor today. Uh, listen, the kingdom of God is a lot bigger than Canvas Church, but do not leave because it's a 35-minute drive. 
Do not leave because it's a 40-minute drive. Man, you pray and you say, God, are you redirecting me in this season? And if you are, then I want to say yes and amen to it. Because I want you to know something, the greatest joy, and I shared with this couple in the first service, the greatest joy as a pastor, because listen to me, I am not the voice of God. I'm not the voice of the Holy Spirit. My job is to teach people how to hear the voice of God on their own, how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and then obey that. And, uh, and so I, I just looked at them as, they, I mean, uh, they, they were crying because they love this community and this church so much. And I just looked at them and said, I said, you know what, you, you've, you've made your pastor happy because you, you're walking in exactly what I want you to walk in. You took time, you prayed, you heard for the Holy Spirit, and you're being obedient to that. Are you with me? But don't leave because it's a 10-minute further drive. Leave and, 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 and know that you're still part of the kingdom of God, but leave knowing it's what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. Are you with me today? And so, church, I want to share that with you because I love you. I, love, I, might, I might not know your name. I might not know you personally. I might not know all your personal stories. But I want you to know I, I take what I do very seriously as a pastor. And I want you to know I love this community and I love this church. And, and uh, we just believe that God has opened this door and we've got to seize this moment. And um, here's another great thing is, come on, maybe, maybe God is leaving them in Imperial Beach because they're going to open our South Bay campus. Come on, somebody. Don't worry, guys. We're not going to do that anytime soon. Maybe in six months or so. All right. Um, all right. God is good. Are you there yet? Hey, if you, if you, want, if you want paper notes, raise your hand because we got paper notes for all the, all the ones that like to scribble down. So there's some right up here. Keep your hand up until you get them. If you like the digital kind, uh, you can download those by texting app to 858. We got somebody right up front here that wants paper notes too. Um, uh, just text app to 858-943-2221. Uh, but I, I don't want to get so focused on the fact that we have a building in five weeks. Come on, somebody. Uh, that we miss the next five weeks right here at this theater. Come on. This has been an incredible incredible part of our story and an incredible part of the journey. And next Sunday is our sixth birthday as Canvas Church. Come on, somebody. And so I want you to just write that down mentally, Mark, put it in your, uh, your, your calendar and your phone, make sure alarms go off. I want you here next week because um, I want to celebrate all that God's done in the last six years, but I also want to get ready by celebrating all that God's going to do in the next six years. And uh, come on, it will not be a party without you. It's also not a party without your friends. And so come back next week. We're going to do some fun stuff, uh, but more than fun stuff, we're going to keep the main things, the main things. And that's, we're going to focus on Jesus. And I just felt like God said, hey, on the sixth birthday, I want you to pray for anybody and everybody that needs a miracle. And so if you need a miracle, I want you back. And I don't care what the miracle is, miracle provision, miracle restoration in a relationship, a miracle healing in your body. As I was praying for our sixth birthday, I just felt like God said, hey, let's make it about me and about what I can do rather than about the, about the sixth birthday thing. And I said, okay, that sounds like a good plan to me. And so if you know anybody that needs a miracle, make sure they're here next weekend. Drag them here if you have to. I'm telling you, they will not be disappointed because God does not disappoint. Amen? And so we're going to be doing that. Uh, but today we're going to continue uh, our series entitled Renewed. And today we're specifically going to talk about a renewed foundation, a renewed foundation. Three weeks ago, I talked about renewed vision. Uh, God really is going to do something awe-inspiring in your life and in this community this year. If you believe that, say amen. But sometimes in order to, to walk into that awe-inspiring thing, we have to have some things in our life renewed. And I'm using the word renewed because I don't think that uh, uh, too many of us are far off from what God's doing. I believe that you love Jesus and you're, you're doing your best to pursue him and, and, and reading your Bible and just trying to live this thing called Christianity out. 
But sometimes we can get a little off in some things, not, not intentionally even, not ill-willed, but we just kind of, we kind of drift. And so what I believe needs to happen, it's not that we need a, a brand new vision, it's that God needs to renew our vision. Uh, last week, Pastor Katie preached a phenomenal message about, about renewed purpose and getting our eyes back on the purpose and having that purpose renewed in us. Well, today, I wanna talk to you about a renewed foundation, a renewed foundation. So we're gonna read Matthew 7, just gonna read three little verses, 24, 25, 26, 27. There's actually four verses. <laughs> I didn't get very good grades in math. <laughs> we're gonna read four verses. And then we're just gonna use that to platform off uh, and, and, and speak to you today on what I believe God wants to share with you about renewed, renewed foundation. Let me just catch us up on what's happening here. In Matthew chapter seven, we're coming to the end of what's known as the Sermon uh, on the Mount. This is the Beatitudes. This is, like, this is probably one of the greatest discourses in scripture. Now, I know that's hard to say uh, because all of scripture is good, right? Uh, but if, I was, if you were to pick one of the, 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 the powerful messages that Jesus preached, it's got to be this one, uh, where he talks about um, what the life of a believer looks like, how you ought to live on this earth, and how you ought to have transactions with other people, and how you ought to walk relationally, and deals with finances, and all of this stuff. Now, we're coming to the end of this, and you can catch this similar type thought in the book of John as he preaches what's known as the Sermon on the Plain. And he he uses this exact same story I'm going to read to you in another, in another area where he preaches and teaches. He uses this same story. And so we're going to pick it up here knowing that like for, like for three chapters, he talked about, man, what a life of a believer should look like and how you ought to live your life if you want your life to be blessed, all right? So we're coming to the end of this great message, chapter 7, verse 24. And he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. This is Jesus talking. What words is he talking about? He's talking about the previous three or so chapters of what he just shared, okay? So now he's coming to the end. He says, if anyone hears all of these words of mine and acts on them, will be like a sensible man or woman, okay? How many of you guys want to be sensible? Not very many of you. Okay. All right. Well, then I'm talking to the right people. Okay. Um, you want to be sensible as, as a human being. Here's what you need to do. You need to listen to the words that Jesus just spoke, and then you need to act on them. You need to apply them to your life. And then he uses an analogy now to say this is what a sensible person looks like. The sensible human being <laughs> built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Now listen to the words he's using, right? Okay, pounded the house. Yet it didn't collapse. Why? Because its foundation was on the rock. Okay, now notice, okay, here's what's happening. He's talking about your life is like the building of a structure. And if you take all of the words that I just gave you to build your life, okay, you're gonna be a sensible person. What does that person look like? One who built a house and put their foundation on a rock. 
You know, I need you to understand what just took place there because I think too often times we look at this and we would say that is the foundation. No, no, your life has a foundation. All of the input that you get throughout your life and all the different things that are coming at you and all of that will help formulate the foundation of your life. Just make sure that the foundation of your life is on the rock. Are you with me? Okay. Meaning that everyone's house is different. Okay. You, you, you might hear the same words and you might uh, take the same tools and apply the same tools. You might use the same brand of concrete. Uh, you might use the same brand of lumber and all that stuff. And we all have that, but, but maybe your house looks different than this person. Listen, it doesn't matter what your foundation is. It doesn't matter what your foundation, as long as that foundation is on the rock. Are you with me? You might have differing opinions. You might have different, different thought processes. You might have different values for your life. Are you, are you hearing me? You, you, might, you might have a different direction you're walking in. You might, have, you might have different thoughts and different opinions on things. That's okay. Just make sure that as your house, your life is being built, it's built on the same foundation, the rock. Are you hearing me? Because if we miss that, we, we think that everything's got to look the same, act the same, breathe the same, talk the same, have the same values, have the same core system, have all that stuff. And if it doesn't, then we say they're wrong. If you're waiting for me to preach, don't. Okay? What it's saying is you can have all of that. Just make sure, as a sensible person, all of that is based on one thing and flows through one filter and one system, and that's the rock of the words that Jesus just spoke. Okay? You with me? Okay? And look what happens. If you do that, the rain falls. What is the rain? What is the wind? What is all this stuff happening? That's life circumstances around us. That's, that's, that's relational conflict. That's, that's vision challenges or, 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 or ministry challenges or career path challenges or financial challenges or whatever it might be or it might be a health issue that happens. And as, as those winds and rivers rise in your life, guess what? You're going to be fine. Not only that, you might do, do, some, you might do, do some, 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 some uh, interior decorating that looks different. How many of you guys have uh, been in a house and uh, you did some cosmetic changes in the house? Right? That's okay, those cosmetic changes. Your values might change. But you know what? As long as you're on the rock. You with me? Okay. This is a good message. It didn't collapse because it's on the rock. Verse 26, but, everybody say but. but. Everyone who hears these words of mine, same words. Same message. They're in the same crowd. They're hearing the same preaching. They're hearing the same communicator. It's Jesus. Listen to me. The problem isn't the communicator. Amen. Jesus is still communicating. They're hearing the same words, but everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish human being who built his house on the sand. Talk about that in a minute. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house 
and it collapsed. Now listen now. And its collapse was great. Now, now listen to me. You can build your foundational life, and it can be the most incredible foundation ever. It could be solid. Man, it, it, I mean, it could just be excellent. And man, the house could look beautiful. But if it's not seated on the rock, you with me? That's why you can look at some people and be like, man, their life don't look as good as mine, but yet they're thriving. Why? Because it's about what it's sitting on. Are you with me? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, your word is amazing. Lord, I pray in the next few minutes that, God, you would speak to us out of this passage. God, that you would help us understand why one individual succeeded and another did not. God, when they heard the same words and they heard it from the same communicator and they were surrounded by the same people. God, help us just follow through this passage so that we can walk out of here being wise and not foolish. Lord, I pray you'd help me now preach in such a way where people can encounter your son Jesus, know your love, and live out the incredible plan you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, you know, being in a, in, a, in, a, in a group like this, in a, in a community, um, it doesn't take you very long to realize that people see things differently than you, right? right? That, 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 that you could be sitting and looking at the exact same thing uh, and, and on the exact same screen and you see something completely different. I mean, not that long ago, there was the dress one. Did anybody see that in social media? And some people saw it one color, some people saw it another color and, and you're looking at the other person like, you're wrong! They're like, no, you're wrong! And I mean, to the point where you're frustrated. Like I remember me and my wife were looking at the exact same phone, at the exact same image and she's seeing one color and I'm seeing another and I'm like, what is wrong with you? She's like, what do you mean what's wrong with me? How can you not see that? Like, literally, did it create any marital challenges in your life? I mean, it's like, what is wrong? Like, how can we be on the same page with life if you can't see the right color? Right? Come to realize something. All of us see things through our own filter. All of us see things in the natural with these two eyeballs that we were giving, but all of us also see life and life events and life circumstances and church and theology and scripture and, and all that stuff. We all see it through different lenses, even your spouse. We see things differently because we all have different lenses or or filters. There's, there's pictures on the internet. Let's pull up this first one. Uh, pull up this first one. Um, what do you see? Yell it out. What do you see? Okay, we see a rabbit duck, right? Because some of you yelled out duck, okay? Someone in, someone in the first service yelled out platypus. I'm like, what does that even look like? Right? But, but you look at that and you're like, man, it's, a ra it's clearly a rabbit. He's facing that direction. There's his nose, there's his eyes, and there's his ears. But other people are like, no, it's a duck. And he's looking that way. And he's got a hairy beak for some reason. I don't know. But there's his beak and he's looking that way. And then someone said a platypus. I'm like, you need to get saved. Right? But you look at that and you're like, wait, how, wait, how can they see a duck and I see a rabbit? We see things through a different area. Pull out the next one, which is kind of smushed and it looks weird. What is it? 
Yeah, go to the next one. Because um, what do you see? Yell it out, what do you see? Yeah, someone sees a lady and someone sees an old man. All the single dudes are like, dude, I see a lady. All the single ladies, right? They're like, whoa. But then some of you see an old man. I guess old men have really big noses. I don't know, but, right? And a mustache, yeah, right there, right? See? In this passage that we just read, we have two people identified. They heard the same message. They heard it from the same communicator. But yet one acted on it because they thought, man, there's something about this that I'm seeing it through a filter that I need to take that and I need to apply it to my life so that I have a solid foundation. But the other one hears it and takes it through their filter and says, you know what? I don't need that. I got really good lumber. I got really good cement. My house is going to be okay. But yet the outcome was completely different, wasn't it? When, when the wind came and the storms came and the rivers rose, one of them, man, they survived. The other one, not only did their house collapse, but the Bible says, great was its collapse. So, so what's the difference? I can't help think, but the difference is, is that what they took that sermon through went through a faulty filter, right? And, and if I'm honest with you today, which is a good thing for a pastor, some of us have faulty filters. We have filters in which we, which we hear things through. Maybe not even just the message. It could be just stuff we hear and we take it through a, a filter. Here's one thing that I've come to realize, not only as a pastor, but, but previously in my college years as a, a, a psych uh, student. Man, I was a psychology major. Here's what, something I've come to realize is that hurting people hear everything through a filter of hurt. People that have wounds and hurts in their life, unless God touches them and heals them, they will continue to hear everything through hurt. Uh, people who are offended tend to hear everything through a filter of offense. Yeah. People that have walked through relational challenges, people that have come from divorced backgrounds, Okay, the statistics aren't, are out there, right? If you've come from a, a, a family of divorce, you're more likely to experience divorce yourself. Why is that? Because you look at everything through the lens of divorce. You, you look at it through that. It's just the way it is. We tend to, unless Christ comes and heals us, we tend to look at things through that, that filter. I can't help but think that maybe just maybe this guy was looking at those words through a filter that said, you know what? I don't need to uh, apply that to my situation. I don't need to apply that to what, man, I, I, got, it going. I got a good life I'm building. But your life is only as good as the dirt it's sitting on. 
And my, my wife and I, you might not know this, but my wife and I, uh, we've had the privilege or the curse, depends how you look at it, at building our own home over the last little while. I'm hoping it'll turn out to be a blessing right now. I'm questioning what in the world I've done. But we've had the privilege of building a house and man, it's great to see something that we put together and we designed. It's great to see something materializing uh, before our eyes. But before we could get to this place where we could actually put the, the slab, the concrete part, um, the floor part, before we could actually put it down, we had to go through a, a little something called the compaction test. I'll, I'll never forget, I went down uh, to, the, uh, to the county, so pumped to get our final permit, which was just like a lengthy process. I'm going down like, sweet, man, he's gonna sign off. And the engineer comes with our plans. He goes, hey, before I can put my stamp on this, I need you to do one more thing. And I was like, yeah, what is it? He goes, I need you to get a compaction report. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. He's like, well, you need to find a soil specialist. I'm like, there's such a thing? Like, because I walked on it, feels pretty firm. You know, feels good to me. Okay, like, what does a soil specialist do? Well, they test the ground to make sure that it's going to hold your house. I'm like, well, no, I mean, you don't understand. Like, the pad was already there. Like, I don't care if the pad was there. Like, you're going to build a house there. We need to know that the ground is going to be able to support what you build. So I'm like, okay, not a problem. I'll go get a soils guy. <laughs> and so I do. And he's like, okay, let, bring him out. Let me see it. Okay, well, um, we, need a, we need a guy with a, with a machine. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, we need a, we need a you know, big machine out here to dig this up. I'm like, well, just test it. What do you mean dig it up? No, I, I can't test it. I'm like, why? He goes, because we got to go down to native soil. We've got to dig this all out until we can't dig any further and the ground is solid. And then we'll start to put the dirt back on top of it. And every two feet, we've got to recompact it so it's as hard as the soil underneath it until we get back up to this level and then you can build on it. I'm like, well, how long is that going to take? He's like, eh, four to six weeks. I'm like, praise God. And so I watched that process of them stripping away that soil until they got down to that hard surface. And they said, okay, now, now we can start to build back up. You know, I feel like some of us in our spiritual journey need to have that happen to us. Because you look at it and cosmetically it looks great. That's a great looking slab, like a great looking pad, like we can build on that. But yet, because of things that have happened in your life, things that have had circumstances, relational things that have happened, it might look good. Because we we're, we're good at humans at making things look good. Do you know when they, I'm so glad that the, the county made me do that. As much as I don't like the county, I'm just being honest. I'm thankful that they made me do that. Because when they did it, they found orange trees buried in there. They found stuff. Like they said, if you would have built on that, your house would have done this. So I'm so thankful for someone that's been around a little longer than me, done this a little longer than I have, that would come along and say, you know what? We need to check the soil you're building on. That's why I'm so thankful for the body of Christ and this community and small groups and people that would love you enough and care about you enough and value what God's doing in your life enough to say, hold on a second. 
I don't know that you're thinking through that properly. Let's rewind a little bit and see what the soil looks like. Because maybe there's some offense there and you're looking at it through the lens of offense. Maybe there's some hurt there and you're looking at that through the lens of hurt. Maybe we just need to strip some stuff away until we get down to the bedrock. Are you with me? Something you need to know as I studied out this passage, they were not even building in two different locations. The setting is, 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 is the same. The analogy is for all the people of the area. And he, and he talks to them in a way that they can get it. Hey, anybody built a house? Oh yeah, we built the house. Well, some of you, you forgot to strip away the sand and get down to the bedrock and build. Some of us in this journey, we need to strip away some stuff and get to the bedrock so that the house can stand when the winds and the waves come. We hear everything through a filter. I call them anchoring moments, and that'll make more sense here in just a moment, but, but we build things and we hear things through a filter, these anchoring moments in our life. Let me just give you some of them. This one isn't in your notes. It came to me last night. It probably should have been the first one that came to me, but number one, and which isn't number one in your notes, just jot it down. Number one, personal preference. We tend to hear things through personal preference, the way we prefer things to be or the way we thought things should have turned out. And so we look at that. That's, that's one of the challenges when it comes to uh, relationships of any kind. And so let me just talk broad here. It could be a, a friend relationship. You have an idea of what a close friend should look like. And all of a sudden you get into a close friend relationship and this person is not measuring up to what you thought a close friendship should look like. And so now you get offended because your personal preference or your personal ideas aren't lining up with, wait a second, this person needs to act the way I want them to act, <laughs> behave the way I want them to behave, and be here when I need them. <laughs> like, do they have their own schedule or something? Right? It happens in dating relationships. It happens in marriage relationships. And listen to me, the deeper the relationship, if you have those personal preferences that aren't filtered or anchored through the word of God, man, the greater the disappointment. We, we filter things through our own personal preference. But listen to what the Bible says. The Bible actually says that we need to push personal preference to the side a little bit. So check it out. Uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 4. It says this, it says, if then there is any encouragement in Christ. Is there encouragement in Christ? Oh, yeah. All right, two people, amen. If any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection of mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way. Having the same love, sharing the same feelings, focusing on one goal, which is Jesus, do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. I'm going to read that one again. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility considering others as more important than yourself. Maybe one of the most difficult scriptures to live up to, isn't it? Because I'm pretty darn important. And I personalize that for you as well. 
We, we look at things through our filter and how valuable what I'm going through, my circumstance and my situation, and only if they do. But the Bible here says, you know what? It's not about personal preference or feelings or what. No, no, no. You need to consider others more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Wow. Think about that for a minute. If you apply that verse to your life, I'm telling you, man, life will get so much better for you. If all of a sudden you stop filtering everything through your personal filter, preference, and start looking, just flipping things and say, you know what, how are they seeing this? And maybe understanding that they are, maybe they are seeing it wrong. But listen to me. Look, no one has called you to be like the, the filling police. Right? Like, 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 because here's the thing that happens. Are you getting anything out of this today? Here's the thing that happens is because we are so bent on personal preference, we try to get everybody to see. Why don't you see the color of the dress? What's wrong with you? It's a rabbit, not a duck. Clearly. We get so bent out of shape with meaningless things to, to the degree where we feel like we got to police people. Well, they, they don't have the same values as us. That's okay. Do they have the same soil, the same foundation? Well, I don't know. I mean, this, this church, they, I heard somebody speaking in tongues. What? Is it in the Bible? Yes. Well, then just leave it alone. Right? But we get so bent out of shape trying to police everything. Can I just, can I just encourage you? Lighten up. It's not your job to police anything other than your own life. If you're going to police something, police your life. Because here's, here's the thing, and, and listen to me, we can't, we can't rail against culture either. And you know it's not our job as the church to change culture? Pastor, I don't know, I heard it different somewhere else. It's not our job. There is only one who can change culture, and his name is Jesus. And he went to heaven and left the Holy Spirit to continue the work. He and he alone is the one that changed your heart and your culture. He and he alone is the one that changes culture. Yes, we can pray for culture. Yes, we can pray for people. Yes, we should pray for those that rule and govern over us. The Bible says so. But nowhere in the Bible does it demand of you that you go out and you change culture. What you do is you go out and you love God and you love people and you allow the love of God to flow through your life until it impacts culture. And he's the one that changes it. He's the one that does the work. If we just focus here and police here and say, you know what? I'm gonna allow the Holy Spirit to work on me and I'm not gonna put my personal preference on somebody else. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna walk in, the, in this grace that he's put on my life, realizing there are different size houses, different shape houses, different you know, houses with different stories on them. Man, one looks 70s, one looks 80s. Why? I don't know why you'd want 80s, but whatever. One looks 90s. It's not about that. It's about the bedrock in which we are planted on and which we are building on. And that's Jesus. And so we just go out and love the world. I mean, think about it. For God so loved the church? No, no. For God so loved the 
world. And yet, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What if we did that? What if we loved that way? But we take things to our, our personal, I got lots of time. Personal preference. Let me just give you a few more here. I might not spend as much time on them, but um, we, 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 we take things, we hear things through the filter of our present, of our present, one of our, our present moment. And I, I believe, man, I, I'm one that believes we need to live in the present. And man, man, thank God for what he's done in the past. Man, we have a hope of the future, but we need to be here in the present. But listen to me, we can't base future outcome on what's taking place just right now. What do I mean by that? I can't help but this guy thought through, why do I need to build on that? My life's pretty good right now. I mean, we, we, come on. It's like San Diego weather. Not the San Diego weather we've had for the last couple weeks, but the San Diego weather we had yesterday. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. wind? Waves? Yeah. Flooding rivers? It's 80 degrees. Hey, great message, but don't need it. You know, there's, there's a lot of that that happens in this, this, this spiritual journey. You're, you're going to come to church, and man, life is good. And you're like, ah, that message didn't really appeal to me today. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. Log it away. Yeah. Bookmark it as storm's coming. Yeah. <laughs> because it will happen. Yeah. And if you go back to the word, it, listen, it's, 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 not a, it, it's just a matter of when. Now, it's not me just prophesying doom and gloom. Oh, man, I thought, I thought we'd go better and better from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Listen, you know why you need more faith? Because <laughs> you're going to face greater obstacles. He wouldn't take you to greater faith if the challenges got less. You ever processed that one before? Yeah, God, take me from faith to faith. You know what you're saying? God, give me more challenges. That's why you need greater faith. Right? And I can't help but think this guy just thought, you know what? Ah, go ahead, guys. But that's super expensive to get down to that bedrock. And I don't think there's any storms coming. We take things to the filter of our present. Uh, next, we, we take things to the filter of our past. Past successes. I've been, I've been doing pretty good without him. I've been, I've been doing pretty good. Or our past failures. Man, that br these are anchoring moments in our life. We anchor ourselves to the success of the past. We anchor ourselves to the, the failures of the past. We anchor ourselves in these things. And Anchory moments. Next, we, we see things through the filter of problems. Problems. Problems now, problems in the past, potential problems in the future. And I don't know if that's going to work. And so maybe this isn't for me because I remember one time when and I did this and that didn't work out. And so, you know, I don't think, no, that was a problem. That's going to be a problem now. We take things through the filter of pain. Filter of pain. And then we begin to then build our life on a faulty ground because of our, our filter. And so here's the great news of the gospel. 
Here's the good news of Jesus Christ. That when you come to Jesus Christ, the Bible says, behold, old things are passed away. All things have become brand new. And when we come to Christ, what happens is, is the filter begins to change. The anchoring moments begin to change in our life. I am no longer anchored to the pain of a circumstance. I'm no longer anchored to the pain of a failed relationship. I'm no longer anchored to the, to the pain of a, of, of, of a choice or a decision I made. But all of a sudden, because we surrendered our life to Jesus, we are now, now anchored to the cross of Jesus Christ. Listen, there is one anchoring point in your life, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. It is no longer your pain, your problem, your present, your past, your personal preference. Listen, all of that changes and says, hey, look, those, those, those moments that you anchored yourself to, when you come to Christ, you're unplugging from those, and you're plugging into him, and old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and he begins to renew that bedrock, that foundation that you are building. Listen to me. It doesn't mean you have to change everything that you're doing. It's about the soil in which the house is being built on. Are you with me this morning? See, when we come to Christ, what we need to understand is that there is a, a foundation change. He does what that greater did to my lot, and he strips away all of, the, all of the soil that isn't firm, and he says, okay, now we're down to bedrock. Now everything is looked at through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ, and now that that lens has changed, now we can begin to firm up the foundation even more and erect this life and erect this, this house. It changes. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no one can lay another foundation than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live is no longer my own, but I live it unto him. Filter changes. The anchor, matter of fact, listen to this verse. I love this. This is my question to you today is what are you anchored to? What are you anchored to? You know, as, as, as I watched my house being built, they have these things called footings. They're anchor points for the house. And those footings go deeper. So they actually touch the super hard soil. And then the rest of the slab is just poured right there. But there's these anchoring points. And for us as believers... The foundation is only as firm as what we're anchored to. But listen to this. This is the great thing. The Bible says in Hebrews 6, 19 through 20, we have this hope. Come on, how many of you guys want hope in your life? We have this hope as the anchor for our lives. Safe and secure. Come on. When the wind comes, the rivers start to flow. Man, the wind is blowing and pounding the house. Guess what? We have an anchoring point, and it keeps us safe and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Now it's beginning to say who the anchor is. It enters behind the curtain, the inner sanctuary. Verse 20, Jesus has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner. What is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying, listen, Jesus is the anchor for our life. He's the only filter in which everything needs to flow through. He's our anchor. He's our firm foundation. He's the one. How, how, do you, how do you know that he's truly become the anchor of your life? 
You know he's become the anchor of your life because you are not easily offended. You know he's the anchor of your life because you are not easily wounded. He is the anchor which makes me safe and secure. The reason some of us get offended and hurt is because we are anchored to offense and hurt in the past. That's our anchor. But you know what the Bible says? That's like sand, man. And when the wind comes, that anchor is just gonna drag across that sand. It's gonna shift you to the left. It's gonna shift you to the right. It's not firm. It's not secure. Oh, there might be pieces of truth in there and pieces of rock in there, but you know what? It's not, it's not anchored in something solid and something firm. And so then when it comes, you just move. Every summer, we like to go to Washington and we'll get on in the boats and we'll go out on the river. They call it a lake. It's actually a river. But there's a certain place we like to go to where all of a sudden it gets super shallow and we can anchor the boats there and hang out and we have lunch there and swim and hang out with the family. I'll never forget one time we threw our anchor out and just let it plop down. And all of a sudden, like 30 minutes, an hour later, we look up and it's like, whoa, we're not, we're not in the same place we were. What, what happened? What happened was the anchor wasn't anchored in anything solid. It didn't just drift right away. It drifted over time. See, so some of you look and say, my life's fine. But as time goes on, why do I find myself drifting further and further? It's a slow drift, but it's a drift. Because you're not anchored in Jesus. You're not anchored to the rock. You've got to be anchored to him. Listen, I determined a long time ago, because one of my ment- great mentors that speaks into my life will be here for the grand opening of our building in March. Come on with somebody. He began to describe me. He said, Ben, I, I don't get offended anymore. I was like, really? You're a pastor. You work with people. How's that possible? He said, because Ben, I'm not anchored to people. I'm not even anchored to this church. So I'm anchored to Jesus. The Bible says he'll never leave me or forsake me. He's my anchor. And because he's my anchor... I can't be offended. And I thought, my gosh, I need to change my anchor. I need to change my anchor. Some of you need to change your anchor. Listen, my relational anchor is not right here to my wife. I said in the first, I'll say it now that she's present. If she is my anchor, I'm going to be disappointed all day long. She will disappoint me all day long if she is my relational anchor. But when Christ becomes my relational anchor, this marriage is strong. This marriage is healthy. This marriage, man. Because I'm anchored to Christ. I'm anchored to Him. Listen, listen. here's here's the best litmus test for this whole thing. To know whether or not you're anchored to Christ. Are you easily hurt and are you easily offended? If you are easily hurt and easily offended, you need to change your anchoring points. You need to have your foundation renewed. And Jesus Christ can renew it today. Because he's saying, son, daughter, let me be the anchor for your life. 
So when the winds come and the water rises and man, the house is being beat on, not if, when. You will not be moved because your life is rooted and grounded and anchored to Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I thank you that your word is amazing. Hallelujah. Go ahead and stand to your feet as we end today right on time. It's a miracle. Man, getting ready for Miracle Sunday. Pastor's ending on time. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. We Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.